0: Don't think what do you we're...
1: mean if you swear in the first five minutes you get demonetized?
0: Yeah. Really? I feel like we would already be demonetized. Well, we're not monetized at all because no one listens to us.
1: <laughs> I know, but we'd be demonetized in seconds if that was the
0: case. Probably, yeah. But that's yeah. why, just out of uh practice, I try not to swear so much when we're doing this.
1: Yeah, I mean, fuck.
0: This is All Games Go to Heaven. Episode 5, Halo Reach. Alright, Mike, kick us off. Kick us off. Well, episode 5. Welcome right. back. What? It's episode 5. Just because it's been a episode while. Episode
1: 5. Episode 5. That's right. And it's all because of me. Let me just start this episode by giving a long apology for pursuing my dreams and and you know living the life I've always dreamed of living. Because for all of 2023. I've been on a film set, or working on a film, or doing something with film every single day of this year, and it will end the same way. And I'm proud, but it has denied me the great pleasure of both playing video games and talking about video games with 2023 Sexiest Man of the Year, Steven Belair.
0: Right, where's this guy? Uh,
1: he walked out. He was there for a uh, yeah, second. Okay, yeah. <laughs> all right, perfect. He was there. And sorry, sorry.
0: I appreciate you trying to jump on that sword, but that's also not completely true. Because there was a day, what, last month, where you asked if uh, I wanted to record, and I said I wasn't feeling yeah. well. And then you made plans, and then I changed my mind and said, screw it, let's do it. But it was too late. So really, yeah. it's my fault. Damn you for having a human biology. Mm-hmm. A very fragile one at that. Thank you, Crohn's disease god bless <laughs> disease
1: 2023 all right yeah well but this week we are or this month whatever you want to call it episode five we are talking about one of our favorite games that brought us together Stephen, mm-hmm. which is halo but not just halo halo reach yes
0: i think we kind of got to start this one by saying or explaining why reach I've been thinking about this in the build-up to us recording it. And we could, you know, go into all the things we love about it, but there's, like, what, seven Halo games, eight Halo games now? Uh, Yeah. Five of them by Bungie, which the team, you know, the company that made the original Halo. Halo being the first one and Reach being the last one. Uh, I thought I turned off my ringer. I am so sorry about that. I'm just going to, yep. That never happened. And we're good. And so, you know, I think people have a lot of strong feelings about the first Halo, the second Halo, and Reach. So why, for you and me, is it pretty clearly Halo Reach? Like, why do we find ourselves every few years playing this campaign on co-op Legendary? demolishing it in like six or seven hours which was yeah, i didn't well, expect this time
1: uh we'll get into we'll get into that later because I'll, i have some updates on that one later but we'll, when we get okay. to that point we'll get to the point,
0: yeah. sure but why reach Well, you first no you first i asked the question why would i answer my no, own you question first. first
1: no you why first. would i answer my own question first that makes no sense could you smell okay no anyways okay well why reach i mean reach Overall, the Halo franchise—I mean, it is to me the epitome of a great you against the odds shooter. That's not so fast-paced, scrolling, ADHD medication shooter like Doom is, for example. Right? It's like it's a game where you get all these odds thrown at you. Let me just fix this mic. You get all these odds thrown at you, but it's not like I have to be. Processing things a mile a minute to experiencing like doom or Duke Nukem or any of these old legendary games were that offered the same thing But with halo, I always went into it saying like it's me versus the world and with reach. I think a You have this customization of Spartans that had never happened in any other games because all the halo games focus around Master Chief this one last Spartan who is carrying the torch for humanity and trying to Save the universe from the threat of the Covenant and the Flood. And, you know, we'll get into a little bit of that later because we're going to get into a portion of this that we're going to pretend the audience has no idea what the heck Halo is. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. But for Halo Reach specifically, they took you back. They took you back before when there were other Spartans and you could customize a Spartan and you and your buddy could make a Spartan that looks how you always dreamed a Spartan would look like. And then you and your buddy are thrown into not just... Uh, another adventure of you against the odds, but you on the last sort of stand planet of where all the Spartans met their end besides Master Chief, or for the most part, for the most part in regards to the story. And it's just you against the odds. It's you against overwhelming hordes, just like all the Halo games, but it's just done so well. It's such a tight, tight story. It's just such a tight uh, campaign. And it just, it blends in all the things that they've taught you to love throughout all the other games and gives you this beautiful linear story you can go through while doing those.
0: Yeah, so I, I will say that Halo Reach couldn't be what it is without everything that came before it. So, you know, yeah. when Halo starts, the the war with the Covenant, which is, you know, the, the main alien species, is already raging. You know, you're on a ship that's on the run. Uh, and, you know, over the course of 2 and then ODS, ODST, which was... You don't play as a Spartan, you play as a human, that's an orbital drop orbital drop shock trooper. That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. And then Halo 3, where, you know, the, the war with the, the Covenant and the Flood ends. You have all this context that then Halo Reach gets to be the precursor to, which is the start of the war. So you're not, like you said, you're not a lone Spartan. You were kind of a, you know, your character is a bit of a lone wolf, but you get sent in to be part of Noble Team. God rest him uh as to you know replace their missing member and you know you're investigating at the beginning and then you know holy holy moly it's the covenant and you get to see the start of this war and and witness you know the overwhelming odds and superior technology and firepower that's just just decimates this planet that you're on while you're everything feels like a last-ditch effort like it's just every mission is do or die. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. the stakes are crazy. It, it never, it never lets up. And even though, you know, what's coming, uh, it, it, it almost feels like you can change it. You know, the ultimate outcome you can't, but it, it almost feels like you can. Yeah. yeah. And I will say the last mission, you know, book it, like being the bookend and into halo one, was, like, a genius touch by them.
1: Yeah, and on top of that, you got to see a lot of the characters you were used to seeing, like, Commander Keys and others, like the... Cap. What is it? Walsey, right? Is the scientist? Walsey? Halsey, Dr. Halsey. Is the one, Halsey, Halsey, who, you know, Cortana's designed around, and, you know, Bungie, after coming through five games and optimizing that technology, you got to see all these characters that you had seen in, like their most basic pixelated form suddenly yeah. in beautiful graphics for the first yeah, time. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of things, but you said it right where it's, there's a buildup. Cause I mean, this is a good little segue and I will, I'll keep it brief, but like the whole halo franchise is about the idea that humanity has been at war with this alien threat known as the covenant. Cause I've read the books and you know, it's the covenant was this accord or this gathering of, of alien species that had been conquered by, the Prophets, I'm pretty sure, were the head, the head of the Covenant. And the Prophets have gathered all these different races, uh, brutes, uh, elites, grunts, jackals, all these different races under one banner known as the Covenant. And they're sort of sleeping, sweeping the universe looking for these forerunner technologies or these precursor technologies, which in the first game you discover as in the form of the Halo, which Halo is this giant forerunner weapon that is, you find out throughout the games, has been waiting there to be turned on to sort of purge the universe of all organic life before this disease known as this the Flood, this plague that has been just kept dormant within the Halo vessels or the Halo artifacts has been kept dormant in there for so long and the Covenant accidentally opened it up. And then it becomes this giant journey of Master Chief.
0: The humans uh, open it. It's the humans that open it.
1: Humans?
0: Yeah. And it's a parasitic organism, so it just... it latches on to anything organic and, and takes control. So it needs it needs hosts and it reproduces at a crazy rate and will just infect the whole yeah. galaxy universe, whatever you want to call it. So the Halo Rings, like you said, once activated, eliminate all biological life. Yeah. So that the, the flood can't survive.
1: Yeah, crazy. I forgot that the humans were the ones that did it. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was the humans. That sucks. Well, there goes my whole justification. So the covenant. (laughs) I
0: think the covenant would have done it if they got there first to like whatever that you know location was—the library or whatever. Because the the covenant believed that the halo rings and the flood will like take them to the next plane of existence, but really, it's just going to kill them.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's something where you see with the prophets and their religious zeal throughout the games because they're introduced in the second game. And I remember there's a little bit of a civil war that breaks out between the Brutes and the Elites mm-hmm. over wh- whether they should follow the Prophets towards turning on... Not, not for many reasons, the, the civil war starts between them, but I remember one of the big issues is, like, do we turn on these Halo Rings? Because this character known as the Arbiter you get to play in Game 2 kind of discovers that all is not right with the original plan and the intent that the Covenant were brainwashed to believe was the ultimate path to salvation, you know? And... You know they do a really good job throughout all three games, kind of growing the the threat of the flood, and you know, and the, the the funny thing is about all three of the original games was that, and here's here's actually this is gonna be a perfect tie-in in a second. I'm not always the biggest fan of of fighting the flood, but I actually had friends and I knew people who were like, I would love Halo if I could just fight only. The Covenant all the time. And I didn't have to fight the Flood. Because it does at some points get annoying. You just open bay doors and these little... Especially when you're on Legendary. These little guys that in like three pops kill you. Mm. And they're like really hard. You waste all your ammo trying to get through them. And you know some people were like. I would play this game more if it wasn't for the Flood. Another reason why I think um, Reach is superior. Because you only fight Covenant. Maybe. I I never had
0: an issue with it. And I think... Uh, halo one you don't really fight them until like the last say quarter of the game which is probably why the people that have that issue really like the first one but might take issue with two or three i'll be i don't remember three at all and that (laughs) it ranks at the bottom for me because it left zero impression on me uh you know halo one would be right underneath halo reach for me um and then Halo two. I mean, you know, Halo Two brought like, you know, dual wielding SMGs and the visual fidelity. I think the story definitely took a step up, uh, in the second one. And like, you know, you already mentioned the arbiter where you're playing from the covenant perspective of someone that is a zealot and then discovers the truth and is trying to expose it and, you know, gets gets outcast. And then it's like how does the story end? I, I couldn't tell you. I don't remember Halo three at all.
1: I do, I do remember semblances of it, but I remember number three being so over-inundated with the flood. So flooded by the flood. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, that one had too much flood. Like, I remember that being annoyingly so. Because I'm with you. Two is still fun. But, you know, two act- extra stands out in my heart. Not that I'm... I actually have the same order you do where I go Reach and Halo are even for me. I actually don't prefer one over the other. I do. I just... because. I know you do. I know I you do. do. And that was the difference maker in us picking which one to do. But like 2 is right there underneath. I like ODST underneath that. And then 3 is like even under number 4 for me. Like I prefer 4 to number to number 3 cuz 3 was just annoying. Ew,
0: dude. 3
1: was just like we'll talk about four. I know Don't what's bring wrong 4 with and 5 into this. Get out of here. I know, but I I prefer 4 to 3. That's how bad I didn't like 3. But 2 and 3, I mean the the saving grace is that 3 served kind of like a Call of Duty to me in that I don't buy Call of Duty for the campaigns anymore. I buy it just to play online. So like Halo 3 was that same step for me where Halo 2 still had a good story and it innovated the gameplay. You could jump on, on vehicles that were attacking you and you could kick the rider off. Oh, so good. Like that was all cool shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was so good. And then the online though for Halo 2 was beautiful. It was like one of the best online experiences until, as, as a shooter, until Call of Duty came around because other than that, There's Counter-Strike, and I don't even remember what else.
0: Uh, You could argue GoldenEye, but that's more on the couch with your buddies. That wasn't online. No. uh, I mean, the first Halo is credited as sort of being the very... Not the very first, but the first shooter on a console that made it feel good. Because that used to be exclusively a mouse and keyboard domain where it was really good and you know high skill ceiling whatever that didn't really exist on console until halo uh yeah it, i mean halo exploded there's so many uh like fan-made movies within the halo engine like red versus blue i think they, i don't know if they're still going or not but like people made all kinds of crazy stuff back in the day just in halo multiplayer you know comedy whatever drama like
1: it spawned a lot halo spawned a lot that's what i mean it that's to me was always the innovative factor that kept me coming back and that's why i call it a call of duty moment with halo 3 because i was like i was hopeful that maybe they might redeem that beautiful essence of halo one in there something like that with the campaign but i knew no matter what happened i would get a good i would have a good time playing on upgraded graphics online you know what i mean sure no matter what happened and that's where Call of Duty has lived in that hell for me for a long time.
0: Uh, that one, after Modern Warfare 2, I just I didn't have the patience anymore for... Like, and-
1: spawn, dead, spawn,
0: dead. But speaking yeah. of memory, what really blew me away when we were playing this time uh, in November was how much... You remembered everything. Yeah. Me, it's still... Even now, it was only a month ago that we played. I, I couldn't tell you each level... This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Maybe if I was looking at it, but if you asked me right now, I'd be like, don't know. You know, the ending, of course, I know. the. the I don't, I honestly like kind of <laughs> forgot the beginning already. I'll always remember, you know, my favorite level, which is the one where you're with the uh, the bullfrogs, I think they're called, where you're doing the jetpacking around. Yep. Yeah. Always love like that. Like
1: the fifth level.
0: or the sixth level. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you were just like okay in this level this is gonna happen and then i'd be like are you sure and then, sure enough like every single time i, I question it but every single time you nailed it
1: i couldn't believe it yeah like the one the one you like so much is the one where, right after george dies when you crash on the earth Ugh. you come back yeah you crash on the earth and then you have only your pistol and you've got to defend uh no no
0: it's not right after George dies, because right after George dies, well, you're going through the city with your pistol, then you gotta yeah, re- meet up yeah. with the squad. And then so you have I do to remember end
1: that. And you have to do that defense at the end. See, I don't remember everything. I don't remember everything. In the moment you But did, it's probably the one right after that. In the moment you did. It, it was uncanny. Yeah, because yeah, it's like because I get to markers where I remember, okay, we've done this, so this level must be next and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just because for me, I will admit that Reach when it came out was the game I spent the most time on. Like I was beating legendary by myself with like all skulls on at one point. Like it was insane. Like I was, I was, I remember doing no death runs. Well, you have to have a no death run on legendary, I guess. But like, yeah, I remember just doing like no death runs with no skulls and stuff, just cause I got so good at that game. I got so good at that. game. It still
0: shows a, uh, out of the two of us, you're definitely the superior player. We're keeping up. We were keeping up. I think I did. We'll I hold my own, but you're, I'm not gonna. Yeah. It's, it's. I'm not like upset about it. You're. You're better at it than I am. Did, but, you know the, the co-op and, I gotta. I gotta, get this on the record because this really pissed me off. The fact Actually. that the Master Chief Collection, doesn't have built-in split-screen co-op is, complete bullshit. Sure. All of those games had split screen in them where you could play on your friend with a couch. I had to use an application that essentially hacks my computer so that it can run two instances of the same game at the same time so that we could play this on the same screen. That's such bullshit and that pissed me off so much.
1: Because they want both of us to be having our own console and our own or our own computer and our own copy of the game and be tapping into it through Bungie.net or whatever their, their portal is, or, you know, through their online play. That's just like, people don't want us to sit in a house and be warm and friendly. They're trying to kill community, Steve. They're trying to kill our tribes. I don't think that's necessarily
0: true. And we can still, you know, hook up online like we're doing now and yeah, have yeah, a yeah, conversation. Yeah. You know, but, And it's like, I get that. That's a great feature to have. I'm not like, oh my God, internet. Uh, I'm a freaking boomer, whatever. No. You should have the option. Yeah, during the pandemic, I mean, that kind of socialization kept me from going insane. And I made... That's how I made some friends. It was just gaming online. But to not have that option when it was there 10 years ago, fucking pissed me off. And there you go. Fuck, fuckity, fuck, 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 YouTube. Okay?
1: Demonetize me now. Oh, man. I've already said hell. I think I said shit. Anyways. Anyways. But... I'm with you because and especially cuz Halo's known for that. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole reason why we played these games is cuz I remember in Halo 1 like going over to buddy's houses, we beat the campaign and then all of us just take a controller, jump into Blood Gulch and just keep smashing each other with indestructible Warthogs over and over again for hours on end. Like that was entire Friday nights and just seeing how far we could get the glitch on the Warthogs to flip us into the air for how long like
0: but the, the perfect example of how synonymous the couch co-op is with Halo is our, you know, our buddy Corbin. I don't remember if it was Halo four or five. He bought it, not like inspecting the package or anything. Brought it home so that he could play with a buddy, and they put it in, and there was no co-op. Like he just spent eighty bucks on this game, thinking like, ah, oh, Halo game, of course I can play this with my buddy at home. It goes home and you can't yeah. do it. Like that's crazy. But you know that's not Bungie's fault in that case. That was when three four three industries cr- took over. Um But you know, what's the excuse for the the Master Chief Collection, which is all of the older games that were all done by Bungie? I'd, I'm gonna, just going to say money because I'm going to be cynical about
1: it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. You, you're I'm all not wrong. You know,
0: I'm grateful that that crazy application that that let it happen worked. And it seemed to work pretty problem free, uh, yeah. and we were able to you know beat it a lot faster than I expected. You might have a better memory of our previous times than me. I don't recall ever beating it that fast.
1: Well, so here's the thing: when I got home from Toronto after we beat it that well, I turned on my Xbox copy, and I just wanted to see if it was if it felt the same. And I do think. It was much, much harder on the Xbox copy, like much, much harder. Like it felt like the enemies were harder to take down, even though I know how to take them down very easily. And I know that game, like the back of my hand, you can argue that both of us were in the system and that's why I legitimately think that in the, in the master chief collection, they stripped the difficulty down and they allow the full difficulty of what, have been, what would have been the original legendary to only be accessible. If you turn certain skulls on. Did you look that up in any way, shape, or form? No, that's just a theory. That was just pure hypothetical. I'm just like, because I, cause I remember going to another buddy's house early days when Master Chief Collection came out and playing the original Halo and just like killing time at his place. And I had the same feeling with the original Halo. Like the same feeling where I was like, this is too easy. Maybe. Because this is an accessibility
0: just, thing. Maybe you're just a
1: older, wiser, better gamer, Mike. I will say this with confidence, 16-year-old Michael, or even like mid-20-year-old Michael, his gaming chops were so superior to mine. I can't even, like, I do not have that magic touch that I had back back then. It was like, I lived and breathed this shit. Like, I was like, I had an instinct that was like nothing.
0: I think maybe your, your reflexes and, uh, you know, your grasp of the controller would have been better at 16 mic, but your mind,
1: your mind now
0: is far <laughs> superior. Sixty year old and Mike was a wanders, fool.
1: Oh man, my mind wanders now. It's like it's like when I when I bought I, I bought the uh, the relaunch for the PS4 of the Mass Effect, and I beat the entire first game in under twenty five hours on the hardest difficulty.
0: Yeah, but part of that is you're not exploring every single nook and cranny. The first time the, the first time... there's no way. The first
1: time I didn't I didn't do everything, but I got like 80% or 85% or something crazy like that. Bullshit. Man.
0: I'm not buying you did that in 25 hours. 80%? No way. No way.
1: I'll show
0: you. I- show <laughs> show you. me. I, I want to see receipts. Cause that game <laughs> is easily won with one playthrough that I put like 50, 60 hours into.
1: Sure.
0: I have two. So, how, how do you accomplish 80% in 25, uh, 25 I did hours? skip,
1: well, A, knowing it like the back of my hand. Like, Reach and the first Mass Effect, I know like the back of my hand. Like, to the T, like, like pop-ups would come up and I'd be like, oh, it's this mission. Oh, it's this mission. Like, I just, like, shit, I remembered. You know, but Mass Effect's only the only, also, I'm probably just going to say this online, but I'm just going to, no, I'm not going to say it. But I was going to say it's the only game I've played With a unique fungal experience how's that sound mass effect yeah yeah i did i did i did i tried i tried it that
0: way fungal experience
1: i got it on with spores and they spread all through my body Mm. i wouldn't pass put that past mass effect
0: i would now but not the first one i know the first one was very edgy like that the first one was just didn't but well, anyway, this isn't about Mass Effect. This is
1: about Halo. Yeah, League. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's about Halo Reach. Yeah. But so let's take a second here. But let's talk a little bit about Bungie because I do think Bungie's. We always talk about the developers a little bit. I mean, I, I did a little bit of research on Bungie. I don't know. I'm sure you'll be able to fill in some blanks because I don't have a lot. Right. But like, you know, I remember Bungie was one of the first video game companies that I looked into as a young writer because I was like, damn, like. You know, they're doing Halo. They're keeping this franchise alive. They ended up going on to do Destiny and Destiny 2. Very, very, very good shooter system they set up early days. And they weren't afraid to explore story with that, which was something that was very unique. You know, and the only game I had heard about from, because Bungie launched in 1991. And the only game I had played from their original set of games before they got taken over by Microsoft was um, Oni. But even then, I didn't really play Oni very much. It was like a third-person samurai shooter.
0: No, it wasn't. Shame on you. Um, the Microsoft thing came way later. The Microsoft thing came way later. They they didn't they weren't owned by Microsoft for a very long time. They were just published. until two thousand. I don't think it was in two thousand that they were bought by Microsoft. They were making games for the Xbox. I'm pretty sure Bungie. Microsoft didn't own Bungie. But anyway, Oni was not a samurai shooter. <laughs> Samurai Which game game am I thinking of? Oni is... You're you're confusing samurai with anime, basically. It was like an anime third-person shooter. You play like a cop and a a, a female anime cop in a futuristic society. (laughs) But it was a mix of uh, melee combat. So, like, punching and kicking with timing-based combos and third-person shooting. It was mostly martial arts. Like, the ammo for guns ran out pretty damn short and then everybody had the you know the the no mouth so yeah. whenever anybody was talking it was just you know the head shaking yeah. but uh you yeah. know even back then i think they were ambitious in their storytelling uh and i've I played that game i've I actually beat it a few times like i pretty i actually like it i think it's was innovative for its time i i you don't really see that kind of mix of mechanics, uh, of shooting and, and martial arts, yeah. um, so I think it still holds up. It, it's definitely kind of campy, and even there is a like a a moral choice in it that you don't really know is there until the ending, which is kind of funny. Like you know the your the police chief who's your handler. There's a moment where you can kill him when like the cops are coming after you because of course you're now on the run or you could choose not to and at the end if you don't kill him he shows up with a bunch of reinforcements when you're fighting the last boss otherwise it's just you versus the last boss and a bunch of his minions if you do decide to kill the police chief
1: wow but that's like something you wouldn't think about because it's like the the immoral decision is the better decision For your gameplay in a sense. Yeah. And then before
0: that, they were making games that kind of look like, uh, I'm not going to look like in the sense of it's that flat plane where you move through it, like in Wolfenstein. Um, Sci-fi as well. I forget the name of it, but. um, Didn't didn't
1: they do a game called Myth or something like that? I remember there being one something along those lines. I don't think Myth is Bungie. But Oni, the girl had purple hair, right? Or something along those lines, like a purple suit or something like that.
0: Uh, blue suit. I don't remember what color her hair was. So
1: no, I was definitely am thinking of it. A game. Yeah, you, you reminded me that is not the game at all. I was thinking about. I don't. Think I'll tell it, you what I. What were you thinking of? I don't know. I don't know. What? I have a memory. I have a memory of an overhead view one where I always had a blade and a gun. Samurai. gun? Yeah, yeah. In the nineties, for sure, for sure. <laughs> no, but. Anyways, they, all they, this to say, they, they move make,
0: on. yeah, they've been making games for a while. Uh, a lot of it has been first person, and after Oni, they moved to Halo, as far as I know. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'll say we've we've done a pretty piss poor job of doing any research ahead of time for this one. Well, I did, but. I
1: did, I did on this one. I did a little bit. That's where I know in 2000, Microsoft and them either partnered or they acquired them because they decided that the. Launch title for the Xbox was going to be Halo after they saw the original sort of concept they had going on at Bungie and they continued that relationship until 2007 and then they tried to stay independent and in 2022 uh Bungie has been rebought again by a company now they're owned by Sony.
0: But Yeah, I, Bungie's I know been bought by Sony. Activision bought Bungie um yeah because they were trying to go off of the not go off of sorry they were trying to profit off of destiny and destiny 2 because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. the live service games if they're successful are a huge cash cow and then bungie decided to split from activision and uh now you're telling me they're owned by sony which is super weird
1: yeah crazy eh yeah. 2022 just last year hmm.
0: that's weird I, I, I don't know why they just can't seem to stay
1: independent i mean
0: Their games are successful enough
1: maybe they need the infrastructure of just like a company that actually can do the not necessarily the design work or the programming work but the the launch work you know what i mean the the rollout and the distribution because like everyone they're partnering with yeah because everyone they're partnering with seems more like a publication front than than an actual developer going in and optimizing their games in any way
0: they also laid off 500 people this month right before Christmas. Ooh. yeah Ooh. there's uh Ooh. it's been a bad year for layoffs across the video game industry that's yeah. the biggest uh most recent one and i mean that's not a good sign when 500 yeah. people are getting laid off
1: yeah but a lot of companies are going through that because i've heard about this i mean this even the few friends i have in ubisoft like they had trouble too in the last two years mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i at multiple branches not just one it is It is the question of like you know how are you i think they're kind of going through a bit of a i don't i I, this is just this is me just speculating and we're just talking right now but you know i think it is kind of having a bit of a netflix syndrome where now you got all these launch platforms and all these and everyone getting bought by freaking microsoft uh everything being acquired by microsoft Where it's like if you're not in the microsoft family you're just gonna get destroyed little by little I hope not. I hope not. And I
0: mean, Sony's
1: made some of their own acquisitions, and
0: we're so far off topic now. But uh, so... <laughs> no, 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 because Halo's owned or Bungie's owned by Sony. So there you go. I suppose so. Like, you know, hey, Sony's made some acquisitions, and I think their lineup is looking better than ever coming for the next two years. Uh, they have oh, Marathon. That's the name of the game. So Bungie's yep. original. One of their oldest games is called Marathon, and they're doing a new version of that. That's what they're working on right now. Um, It's only had a cinematic trailer, but it looks pretty visually... Like, the colors and the visual style of it were really amazing. Yeah.
1: Okay. There's our Bungie talk. There you go. There's our Bungie talk. There you go. There's our Bungie talk. But now, (laughs) going back to Halo... No, I mean, like... But it was one of those games where Bungie, when they came out and the Xbox came out, I mean... Halo was the first game that made me want to become a, a console fanboy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I never had that with Metal Gear or anything like that, or any of the early titles. Like, I liked a lot of these games, but nothing made me a console fanboy until Xbox came out with Halo, because Halo was so innovative, and like, you know, even if you was just you and your buddies playing on LAN parties and stuff, and everyone would bring an Xbox, like those levels were amazing. Like, I still remember, like I said, Blood Gulch, I think Battle Creek was another crazy one. Um, and there was a couple others that were just nuts. Like, they stand out still to my, still to this day in, in my, fr- in the front of my memory as some of the best multiplayer matches I've ever played.
0: I, multiplayer's never really been my thing, but even I know yeah. some of those game uh, some of those levels because they've, they're so, like, legendary among yeah. Uh, Halo fandom, I guess, if you want to call it. It's like, uh, you know, Two Towers and Unreal Tournament. Um, anyway, I didn't have that sort of console awakening, if you will, because I got, or I guess my dad got Halo on PC. And then I also had a, a PC at the time. I'm very fortunate to have one that could play Halo. And, um, you know, he would beat it and I would beat it. And then we found a way that we could play together and, And that was sort of my experience with it, but it was just, it felt like such a step up above everything else that I had played to that point. Yeah,
1: because both... Go ahead. I was just going to say both story and gameplay.
0: Yeah, and then for me to bring it home, Halo Reach has that same feeling. I, I get, I still to this day, and the first time I played it, have that feeling of booting up the original Halo for the first time, but it's a better game because they have 10 years or whatever it is of experience to build off of. Plus the story, which is great, but you know, the, like you have those Spartan abilities, which are really cool. And I don't think they're like overdone. Uh, You know, all of them are, Pretty short like they have a short uh uh duration that's the word i'm looking for you know they don't last super long and their use case is like kind of specific so it's not like you're spamming abilities you just have this extra tiny tool that might save your life for like two seconds you know if you're playing on legendary um you know there's the you, you have all of the weapons which is, it is kind of funny that some of them didn't exist in Halo 1, but they do in Reach, like the Battle Rifle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I know. It's, it's funny that that came later and is in the prequel. You know, you see so you have all the access to all those weapons, uh, all of the Covenant weapons, some of which are really great. You know, like the, the Needle Sniper, I think we're both a big fan of. Um, yep. And I, I do prefer, now that I think about it, just playing against the Covenant. And there is something... In no other Halo game do the elites feel like such a threat as they do in Halo Reach, in my opinion. There's there's something about them in Reach where it's just like... Like a Spartan's like, what, seven, eight feet tall in the armor? Like, they're not small. They make regular people look tiny. And then you have these dudes in the, you know, Mark IV armor, whatever it is... All kinds of uh, genetic modification and enhancements, so that they're just the peak of human physique and evolution. And then they have to do this—you know—they're looking all the way up to try and be eye to eye with a spur with an elite. And they can just. There's a lot of great moments in the cinematics where you know they're showing a couple of the Spartans, you know, going toe to toe with these guys. But even then, like these elites still clown like the, the peak of humans in the yeah. peak of their technology and so you know when it's me and you rolling through you know cover this cover that and you get the squad of elites coming at you even though we're both pretty damn confident at this game it's always an oh shit moment it never doesn't feel yeah. like oh crap you know it's not like ah there's some elites it's like oh shit here comes some elites
1: yeah because you have to have the perfect gun combo to take them down easily, right? You always have to. It it's, you know, and it is funny that you say that they did kind of like they did bring back the terror of the elites cuz I think it was lost in number 2 cuz in number 2 you were meant to almost fear the brutes more than you were the elites. Yeah. And in number 3 you were supposed to fear the flood above everything else. And then they did bring it back with reach where suddenly you're like, "Oh my god, these elites are the hardest thing for me to fight because I had an easier time jumping into a pack of brutes than I do jumping into a pack of elites just because they're more precise. Their weapons are more plasma-based because the brutes use those more like Needler-esque kind of hand rifle machine gun things. Yeah, it's more, it's It's kinetic. A
0: a kinetic weapon instead of an energy weapon. And they're just,
1: they just tank
0: hits. You know, they're just these big, meaty, freaking burly... Meatheads that will just yeah. run straight through a machine gun because it just it tickles them, you know. And, and that's scary in its own right. But I, I, like you've said, I have never had that same experience of like I'm I'm not going to rush into a pack of brutes. Like now, nah, I'll, I'll probably do that. I'll be fine. Yeah. But you know, I see one elite with a plasma sword, and it's a
1: bowel evacuation. It's true. And then on top of that, throw on the fact that. Usually another one will have like a rocket launcher somewhere nearby and you're fucking jumping into a, literally a hornet's nest of this shit. And with Brutes, the only thing you'd have to worry about is like one's going to have a hammer. The next one's going to have a couple kinetic rifles. And like, I don't know. I did like I did like the idea that they reclaimed the elites and they made it better. But, yeah. you know, and you said it yourself. It, and it does come down to the fact that they recognized. And I'm happy they recognized. But not only that happy they recognized because the whole idea of Halo Reach is it, it takes place before the games of the original halos right so the flood isn't in the game yet and if that's the case it's like cool that you have forced yourself to get into a scenario where you can only use the covenant but also good on you because that is some of the best combat like it is some of the best a uh, one-on-one combat i don't i'm not even the forerunners when they tried to introduce that in number four i didn't like I just, it just it didn't, didn't work no me neither it, it, and it never got to that point of Interesting to me to the point of the elites because you do have this beautiful combination of like jackals, uh, grunts, elites, and even brutes, and you combine and then throw in maybe uh, what's there called, hunter or two, and you get this moment where it's like this weird battle squadron where you have to figure out who am I going to kill first. Well, you know maybe the grunts are the first people to die just to get something pesky out of the way then you try and take down the jackals or you try and take down the jackals first if you have ranged weapons then you take down the grunts you try to get in there and then you try to isolate the elites on their own like yeah. it's very rare you're just going to jump in and be able to take down the elites first with all these little pesky vermin around you know or varmints it's called and there's
0: there's some nice little touches in reach um you know the, the one that comes to mind in Halo 1, 2, and 3 at this point or at that point in the story the the, the Covenant is pretty well versed in humanity and who uh, the Spartans are or what the Spartans are and Master Chief specifically so the Grunts you know the lowliest level of the Covenant in those games if you catch them unaware the Grunts run away they scream yeah, in terror yeah.
1: they oh, don't do yeah. that in
0: reach no they don't know yet they'll run up to you with a grenade or just with a pistol because they don't know to be afraid of spartans yet yeah and it, like that attention to detail is part of you know just another piece of the what makes reach my favorite puzzle
1: yeah but it is but it it but it's crazy because at the same time you still are a spartan but you're made to feel so Like, I guess, I guess you kind of prove like reach proves to me why master chief is so much more badass because he was the like pan ultimate to a certain degree, Mm -hmm. because at the same time, all these Spartans are getting dummies left and right around you. Like, you know, here's a good question for you. I mean, we're not, you know, this is never a bad time to ask these things. You asked me, what's your saddest death from noble squad? So you're asking me now? Yeah. Oh, George. George, for sure. George was your saddest? George. Yeah, George. I don't know why. I thought you said cat when it happened. Cats is, I think we talked
0: about it, uh, which is why you thought that. Because Cats is so anticlimactic. You know, they're running for shelter after successfully finishing a mission. And there's just this random phantom that happened to be there. And Cat gets one-shotted by a jackal. Just so unceremoniously, and from that perspective, it's it's like it's gut wrenching. But George's is the most heartbreaking for me.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And yeah. It, you know, I, I think they did that to show. You know, it it take it doesn't take a <laughs> a ship exploding in space to kill a Spartan. <laughs> like it can they they can just go like that. You know. They're not. Yeah, but that's why they're, yeah. they're not
1: invulnerable super soldiers. Yeah, but that's what I mean by that game shows you that these Spartans are still just regular soldiers, not regular, but enhanced soldiers. Because it is just one shot, boom! You've just been all through all this stuff, and your character at this point has, you know, fought through ranks of tanks and and fallen from space yeah. onto Earth, and yeah. like you've gone through crazy shit, and then you know, all of your teammates can be doing the same thing. And then it just one little pop, like pop, such a simple little pop. Yeah. Yeah. But George with George was definitely my most heartbreaking too. Cause I mean, the thing with George above all else is the fact that here's this noble sacrifice. I mean, you spend this mission getting up into space because you're going to take down the big ship that you think is the bulk of the invasion force that the covenant has yeah. just a, a giant carrier. And you get up there and you destroy it. And George sacrifices himself by manually turning on the bomb. And you're falling from space, thinking to yourself, "Okay, George did it. You know, he took down the mothership like no big deal." And then, literally, like what is it, thirty more of that same ship hyper jump in at that very second?
0: It's not the same ship. It's even bigger ones.
1: Even bigger ones. Bigger yeah. ones
0: just start popping yeah. in like crazy, and you realize all of that was basically for nothing. And George's yeah. sacrifice means nothing in in was a drop in the in the ocean compared yeah. to that what just showed up because you did that. Like that yeah, was Yeah, I mean dude, that
1: that mission is
0: the the poke the bear moment.
1: Yeah? Yeah. I mean uh, the only other time I felt that way in some of the other games was I remember in ODST at the very end you're you're driving through South Africa I'm pretty sure and same idea this giant carrier gets there and I can't remember if like you have to destroy it or what but that was the only other time where it was like it was terrifying seeing the size of these ships just destroying everything and you know and, and you really feel it more because then the uh, the mission after the one you love so much where you do the bullfrogs with the bullfrogs mm-hmm. and you're jumping with the jetpacks, was probably my favorite mission where you're going in a chopper and you're going in those VTOLS going rooftop to rooftop mm-hmm. and in the background the entire time you're just watching these giant ships just destroying the planet, and you can't do anything about it. Like, what are you doing? You're just evacuating people. That's all you can do. Yeah. That's all you can do. You can't do anything.
0: Yeah, and they. I think you highlighted something they did really well in this game too was the sense of scale. So you know, you have the you know the VTOLS, and then there's a mission where you know you see one of the Earth ships come in, and it uses its huge cannon to blow a hole in a ship that looks even bigger than it. And it it works and everyone's celebrating and then all of a sudden just something that makes your 17 kilometer long spaceship look like it's nothing and just dummies it with a huge laser blast. So that that sense of scale in this game was really well done too.
1: And, And I mean, the only time I ever, I remember the first time I felt that sense of scale is when you have to jump on that giant spider in number two at the very beginning of the game mm-hmm. where like you're you're in the city and that giant spider comes down yeah that was the first time halo really explored for me personally that sense of scale where it's like in halo one sure you're on this giant halo and there's big and there's there is a carrier there, there's a covenant carrier but then in number two it's like early days they just set you up with like hey
0: there's this giant this
1: spider you gotta jump yeah, on the jump on the back of it And I think that's also the one where you have to jump out of... In number two, you have to jump out of um, a human carrier and you like float through space as a ship's getting torn in two with a bomb in your hands that you're trying to deploy onto another ship.
0: Yeah, that's a a cutscene at the end of the very first uh, mission. Because the second one starts, you're in one of the orbital defense platforms above Earth and then the Covenant comes to Earth and they put a bomb on the station, so your yeah. objective is to get the bomb out of there. And Master Chief drags it to an airlock, and then just opens the airlock and rides the bomb down to another Covenant yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah. And blows it up. Yeah. is epic.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, what's the main character in Reach? What's what are we called again? What's Noble that guy? Six. six. Noble six. And yeah, Noble six. I mean, Noble six is the closest that they come to having a character similar to Chief. Because, like, Noble Six does fucking everything.
0: Noble Six does everything, and that's why... So, when Cortana has to choose someone from Noble Team to take her to... Oh, no, what's the name of the ship now? The Pillar of Autumn? The Pillar of Autumn, to take her to the Pillar of Autumn. I mean, okay, you know, they have to give it to the the player character because... Sure, sure, sure. But that's who, you know, she chooses is Noble Six, is you, because you're the best of them. And even you know, uh, uh, the I'm forgetting the captain's name now.
1: Uh, I just always call him the
0: captain. Yeah, but he's got a name. Um. Anyway, they all have names. They all have names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the captain. Well, George
1: been... Cat. Well, there's George Cat, June, yeah. emile yeah. double six and then Captain. <laughs> captain. <laughs> so Captain, you know, makes a similar
0: <laughs> comment. He was like, you know, she could have chose Eddie was she chose you. She made the right choice. Before he nobly sacrifices himself in the Pelican. Yeah. yeah. His but, was his was a good death too.
1: Like that they're way. all good deaths, cause even even like when you're saying about the threat of the, the elites, when you said about those cutscenes, I mean one of my favorite cutscenes is Emile's death at the very end when you're when you're you just handed off to the Pillar of Autumn mm-hmm. or just before, and you see Emile in the giant cannon being like taking down people, all these elites that are rushing him and then he's taken everyone down and then one stabs him in the back and then he just turns around takes his knife he's like "one for me one for you" and just stabs him yeah. in the in the in the neck but that was another moment where i was like damn these elites are intense like look at how easily they just stabbed Emil through the back and just like that was an intense death too they all have an intense death
0: they all have a pretty except for cat and june we never see die yeah um emile i i think his is a, a badass death I don't find that one emotional cuz he's no, always no, no. he's always kind of a dick uh, and George is the most soft human I would almost say like he's definitely the most compassionate like hasn't been he hasn't lost his empathy completely like it seems the rest of them have going through what they went through since childhood to become Spartans
1: well, and I think he's a local. I'm pretty sure he's a local to reach because there's the whole scene when after the, just when they first find the latchkey discovery that leads to Cortana, um, they find that girl there and he can speak her language, the local girl, the frightened one. Like he can, he kind of understands her better than the others. It's, I'm
0: pretty sure he is a local of reach. Or he just speaks Hungarian.
1: Is it, is it Hungarian? Is that yeah,
0: what it is? It's Hungarian. I think they even say it. Cause that's the only way I that would know. Bad. Cause I didn't look up what language they're speaking. So huh. either either it could I think you're probably correct because, you know, he right away identifies the farmers and he knows how to talk to them in the first mission. You're probably right. I just don't know. But he constantly shows uh, like his human side, you know, like he yeah. goes like, ah just get rid of the girl. And he's like, he's like, dude, she just lost her dad. Like, keep talking like that and I'm going to clown you, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Kat is literally half machine. <laughs> One arm one arm i know i know but it's just funny to me because she's so but even the voice actress that voices her does such a good job like out of all the characters Kat is probably my favorite character though that they created in that because even the voice actress they added to her adds such a dehumanizing touch to her mm-hmm. like even when she's being sarcastic it feels like she's part robot like i i don't know the, the hand maybe lends itself to that but they really did do a good job with cats acting and everything like that do you have a favorite character out of the team
0: well captain's definitely the most vanilla but i don't know yeah. his his like acknowledgement of you and him warming up to you i still appreciate um and emil again like yeah he's that guy that's always you know he's got the skull carved into his helmet and you know the, the the big knife here, the shotgun. Like, yeah, he looks badass, but I don't really feel like he has much character development beyond just like, yeah, I'm the fucking badass or the noble team. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. June seems nice. You don't get a lot from him <laughs> either. So, it, really, your choices are Cat, George, and and Captain gotcha. Captain No Name. So <laughs> probably Cat. Probably cat. See? Ideally, yeah. It's easy to love cat. I because I just I, I also think there's a subtlety to her dynamic with Captain White Guy. Like
1: <laughs>
0: they the two of them have a like an unspoken understanding. You know, like they can they can they they know what the other person wants or needs from them before they have to vocalizing it. It's 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 subtle, and it's crazy to me that they were able to do something like that in a game from, what, 2010 uh, or, or 2009, whenever it came out.
1: 2010, 2010.
0: Yeah, so, you know, Kat definitely does more of the heavy lifting in that relationship
1: uh, in terms of portrayal, but uh, yeah. for
0: that reason, I, I like her.
1: Well, and on top of that, just, I think another such beautiful aspect of Reach in general is the story and the characters are rich like even though June and Emile only serve singular purposes like Emile is just there to be with you to the end as this like shotgun wielding knife guy and June is there to to be there as the sniper who gets Halsey out of her lab like at the end of the day it just comes down to the fact that the, the writing behind this is very good because like I remember reading the Halo Reach book it was one of the few books I actually read out of the franchise and like, yeah, book. yeah. And they, they touch some of the things, but in the book it's, it's totally different, right? Because they focus on John's story and they do focus a little bit on master chiefs training and their training as kids and stuff like that. So you get a lot more, but I find in the game, it was, it felt like its own separate side story. Cause here's these, this last group of Spartans that not only have to deliver Cortana to the pillar of autumn, but they're just watching this the world they love and humanity being helplessly destroyed around them. Like the beats they fall into are really good. Like the whole idea of of this crashed forerunner vessel that's trapped under ice, that's actually where Oni Sword Base was built, on top of to preserve. Like the they get they do a really good job exploring the nuances of beyond black ops projects that would exist in the military. Like they go into the whole compartmentalization aspect of it. They make you feel like they did such a good job creating like a real human military versus in the other ones you always had fucking, what's his face? Oh, the sergeant. Oh, uh, what's his, yeah, with sergeant. The, with a cigar in his oh, mouth. I was talking like I this. Know what the lady's like. Yeah, yeah. 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 So this freaking cocks the gun. I know what the lady's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. He's got his lines.
0: Like, he's got those lines. He's got the zingers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you touched on it there. There's a really good moment between Cat and Noble Six, your character, who does have a few lines. Like He's not completely uncharacterized. Uh, when, the fir- when the big ships start showing up and they do what's called, you know, glassing the planet, which is just these ships are so massive and they have this huge plasma cannon that shoots down and obliterates everything and it's so hot it turns the ground to glass, essentially. And, you know, they're running away from it and cat asks you like you know is this your first glassing and you're you're like yep and she says me too like you know are you scared and you're like yep you know they're not above fear like something like that that level of devastation like instantaneously basically yeah it's terrifying so there's it's there is definitely a tone between halo one two three it's you're the unstoppable super soldier you know Terminator, John Rambo, whatever you want. Halo Reach, even though you're a Spartan as well, it's much more like Band of Brothers, you know? Yeah. It 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 does feel like anyone is going to go at any time and you know even though in Band of Brothers we know they're going to win the war, uh you always in Reach you always feel like you're fighting a losing battle even though like I said before it does feel like you might just survive or, or turn the tide, but you don't. I, I think you could make an argument for inevitably you do turn the tide of the war, you know, by getting Cortana to the Pillar of Autumn in the last mission. But you're definitely not gonna survive.
1: But I'm with you. It's like there's always that part of me that's even when I'm watching like a prequel show to a a, a, a show that I know ends with everyone dying or like something like that. I'm always like, is this it? Is this the writers going against the canon? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Is that it? Is this does the Sith win at Hoth? You know, like or does the Rebels win at Hoth, you know, or something like that. But yeah. it's it's always that case of same with me. It's like it it, it it is that moment of me being hopeful that this could be exception to the rule. Maybe Master Chief wasn't the only one who got off the planet. Maybe We've, Noble Six did. Yeah. Maybe someone else did, you know. June clearly might have, but you know, you just made me think of something though too, but another badass aspect, and I didn't even think about this. Is in all the other Halos, whenever I'm rushing into combat with NPCs who are human, they're dead in like 30 seconds on Legendary. With, oh, <laughs> But yeah, these guys, these guys have to survive. So at least you have someone who's by you all the time. Like you're never truly alone. Cause like with I, with Halo, that's always the craziest time was like, I always remember with, um, I don't remember what the name of the, the one is. I, I think the one where you first unlock the key room in Halo 1 where you have to drive around on the beach on the little island. Okay. Uh, that right. early level you have this car and my guys every time I roll up to a place my guys are all dead so I have to keep going back to this point where all the soldiers are gathered exactly what you're talking about <laughs> yeah, like, you're like oh my god but even in in,
0: in Reach it didn't escape the, the useless ally thing so you know the, the Spartan allies that have to survive until their predetermined death via cutscene
1: yeah, yeah
0: like can't hit the broadside of a barn or if they are shooting something it never goes down it has to be you that takes everything out. And then, like, whatever you do, don't let them drive. For the love of everything <laughs> yeah. holy, never let them yeah. drive. And then you have the human NPCs, which aren't Spartans, which are just the more useless version of the Spartan ones because instead of being invulnerable, they can die.
1: <laughs> yeah, but at, least, but at least with Reach, I can kick out a human one. And wait for the Spartans to get in the spot I want. You know what I mean? Like, there is a couple moments where I remember being like, okay, as long as I get George or Cat on the gun, at least I have a gunner that's not going to die right away. You know what I mean? I'm going to have somebody who can actually get into the shit with me. They're going to get blasted a bunch, and they'll, they'll survive. You know what I mean? They'll survive.
0: They'll survive, sure. But, I mean, like, compare having, you know, Cat or George on the gunner seat versus one of us. You know like on on those sections where you're doing a loop trying to take everything out on the warthog this is the difference between like looping for an hour and looping for five minutes maybe you know
1: i know i know so out of reach do you have a a favorite moment that you kind of remember out of all the video game beats in there like not just like a level but you have like a, a favorite moment or two that comes to mind is there one that comes to mind for you while I think about that? Yeah, I mean, I have one or two of my favorite moments Are Number one is uh, definitely when you're in the VTOL level, the one where you're going roof-to-roof. Roof, that whole sequence, first off, is amazing because I think they really they really needed to nail... Like, in in the other games, you always had Banshees for Covenant flyers, right? You had Covenant tanks and you had warhogs for humans and tanks... But they really needed to land and make it stick for the human VTOLs. Like, uh, this is the first human flyer you get to really fly. And they did it. They did it very well. They did it where it's, like, not the first one. You get to fly the jets earlier in, like the space jets. But, mm. like, when you're going when you're going from roof to roof and you get to the one that has the Hunters in it.
0: Yeah. The, the one that's, like, that's the, new the that's club of the, the Hunters. That's the club.
1: Yeah, that's the club. And we kind of scurried out of there because we were just getting pwned. But, like, <laughs> like... I was getting slapped because I always have like this amazing time where like whenever I was playing on Heroic or Legendary I just wanted to run in there with a shotgun and just do my best to try and take down as many as I can by like jetpacking over them shotgun jetpack over them shotgun like getting these like matador kind of moments that that scene always stands out to me well that this Um, time
0: specifically when we went there like you go in there and there's whatever grunts and jackals there's no elites there's two hunters and I remember we got one of them down, and then you know, the people are evacuating, and we're dealing with the second one, and then two more showed up. Yeah, and then that's what I was just like, okay, well, there's no point <laughs> like, I'm out
1: of here, And then you kept going. I know. I just crazy. wanted a badass club moment where like the lights are on, and I'm just jumping over these guys. Yeah, I was getting bad. like I. That was like where I died the most in our entire run Because I was just doing crazy shit in there
0: I think that whole Mission is probably where we died the most So Because legendary oh, we'll, right. we'll talk about this real quick So legendary co-op right. Is a bit of the Easier version of legendary Because as long as one of you is alive And you can get far enough away from the firefight The other person will come back if they died So it's it's not like in single player You die, you restart the checkpoint one person goes down the other person can get away so it is a bit more forgiving except the freaking vehicle missions yeah they are ridiculous because they are just as fragile on legendary as they are on normal like it's you have to play those missions basically perfectly and we got stuck there for a bit at the end when you have to take out all the turrets I think that was probably our longest single section where you have to take out all those anti aircraft turrets while banshees are coming non-stop uh, like we were stuck there for a while
1: yeah well cuz they just keep coming like ev- from every direction yeah. so it's like i our only strategy was blitz the freaking turrets let one of us die don't worry about bringing him back and just and just let it let just keep going cuz like what what else could we do we tried that so many times yeah
0: man. we tried fighting the banshees and being strategic and taking them away like it just didn't work we just we had to say screw it at the end and just try and hail yeah. mary it and it worked but at the same time that doesn't feel like the best way of going about it it's just been like i oh, got screw it
1: no but i mean we we had to because they just keep like it seemed like this time on legendary they just kept throwing more and more and more whenever we did something you know yeah
0: Anyway, so you were yeah. you were bringing up another moment.
1: Well, and the only other moment that it really always stood out to me was at the end of the level where you guys do your countermeasure, your counteroffensive. The one where the the level it's like level four or five, and it starts off with like all the warthogs rolling up together in unison, and like the humans trying to mm. fight back against the first wave. At the end of that one, you crash land your your uh, carrier into that structure that's that's covered by the giant bubble shield yeah where there's that tower in there raiding that tower was one of my favorite moments too because like there's a couple ways you can do it there's a banshee in the air and there's a couple jetpacks around you can come into your banshee and then like roll around and just blow up everything up top you can fight your way up there and then get up there and there's like a guy with a sword and other things
0: how'd that go this time mike how'd that go this time i kept bringing you back (laughs) yeah yeah, you, just, you were dying.
1: I was fine. You just
0: got out of the Banshee. You were circling, doing nothing, and I kept respawning in front of the sword guy. Just And he would just be like, oh! and yeah, rip, rip, I
1: killed one elite up there. Only one. Only eventually,
0: one. you abandoned the Banshee and we went up there together and we schooled him. Yeah, it went yeah. so much but, better when you ditched the Banshee.
1: You're right. You're right. You're not wrong. But, you know, when you can have the jetpack there, the thing you can get up there is... And this is this is where they did a really good job with Reach. There's so many scenarios where there's like a million not a million but like six or seven or eight different ways you can approach a scenario where there's like sometimes hidden paths along a rock ledge or like a sewer grating you didn't realize was there that gets you into a tunnel that sneaks you behind and they did a really good job creating a, a very dense packed combat area from scenario to scenario where you could figure out different ways to do things
0: yeah it's a—it's like a, it's a playground in a way. Yeah. Yeah, that mission you were talking about with the counteroffensive though, the first part of it, so after the warthog jumps the broken bridge and you wake up on the beach. Yeah. Or not on the beach, but on the cliff or whatever it is. Yeah, on the ridge. Yeah. I really wish they didn't give you that grenade launcher. There's not many (laughs) weapons that I say or I I think are crap, but that human grenade launcher in Halo Reach is the biggest piece of shit ever.
1: I I know. It's so terrible um well yeah yeah that that in the uh and i hate the covenant grenade launcher where you have to prep the four grenades that have to like sequence yeah, yeah, in and yeah. then they walk and they stick to something one of the slowest pieces of shit i've ever had to use in any halo game <laughs> like, like wow yeah. like, what the hell's wrong with you so, anyways yeah but what's your favorite moment what's something so that comes to mind a couple of the ones that
0: come to mind is um so after the george sacrifice and you you know fall from space with your armor locked the fighting through the city to try and get back to the squad and you then you get picked up on the helicopter and it's just that like sunset with Noble Six looking out so that whole mission I found I just really like it given you know what came before and then how it ends uh, like it's very intense like fighting your way back and huh? then you're know, trying to link up with everyone again and then um, probably both of Because you go to the Sabre facility twice, right? Mm -hmm. There's the ones where you're going to defend it, and you meet Dr. Halsey, and then there's the second time where you're going there to get on the ship, the spaceships that, you know, don't exist. Um, So I I just, I really like both of those assaults. Because that, especially the first one, you have all of Noble Team rolling up there. You know, there's just explosions and stuff going off in the distance, and your whole squad rolls up to, you know, take this facility back. Hey, I love that part.
1: Well, in that whole game though, I mean, that's because even, even the assault, the counteroffensive mission, like it's so cool. It's like, I waited so long to see an army of humans attacking an army of, of covenants. Cause even in number two, they didn't really do that. Like, you see a, a, a combined human offensive, like fighting back, but you don't get to see to the degree you see it in reach where you literally feel like you're storming it alongside like a whole army at times. I'll say that's probably the only
0: moment that doesn't hold up for me in the game because Which? that moment of all of the warthogs and the, and the tanks rolling up okay. is the only moment Jeez. that doesn't hold up for me because visually Why? anyway well everything else is is very like cinematic has a lot of color and you know it, it feels very uh, I don't know dramatic I guess for a lack of a better word the. The counter-offensive, it's literally just a flat brown plane, and you just have all of the, you know, forest green warthogs, like, doing this and rolling up, like, and then when they, when you're looking, to, like, at them instead of above them, it's just like, there's cliffs on both sides, and then it's flat. Like, there's no dynamics at all <laughs> to the terrain or the skyline or mm-hmm. anything... I'm sure they had to make that sacrifice to get all of those uh, units on the screen at the time, but that's the only part where I look at it and I'm just like, eh, you know, this didn't this didn't hold up so well.
1: Well, that that whole level, in fact, has amazing gameplay beats, because that's, that's the level with my tower, but, like, it has a lot of great gameplay beats, but the terrain itself and where they bring you is pretty boring, like, because you have to blow up two more of the shield generators. Yeah. And then you have to, like, it's cool stuff you do, but the terrain itself is pretty bland, like, on that mission. Yeah, it, it gets, um,
0: there's some verticality to it. You know, you get some, you know, sharp, mountainy terrain, if you want to call it. But, uh, yeah, it's just brown most of the time. And there's not much going on there. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not I'm a like big fan of that me. level now that I say it. screw that level.
1: Well, it's okay, man. It's got one of my favorite beats in it. Yeah. I know, but overall. Look, that game in general, though, it's hard because, like, even the ones you mentioned to me stood out the, for the first time. Like, I was—that's why I'm so disappointed when I look at and I tried to play Halo Four or Halo Five, where it's like it just never did it for me. It never gave me those moments again where I felt like that. Like, Reach was the last time in a Halo game I felt like that.
0: I, I don't think either of us has played uh, Infinite. Uh, no. Supposedly. You know, you get that feeling back. Uh, You know, I haven't had... I don't... I think it's on PC now. I don't remember. But I don't have, you know, a modern Xbox, so I can't play it if it's not on PC. Uh, I'd be curious. I I don't have any interest in the multiplayer, and, you know, it's it's got all the Battle Pass shit that's so common with games now. But uh, apparently, you know, the single-player campaign is solid, and if you like that playground aspect... Uh, like you were describing in some of the levels in Reach, it's the bigger version of that. Like, because it's, it's, yeah, it's a giant
1: open map or something like that.
0: Yeah. Um, it doesn't, from what I understand, it's not all open from the beginning. Like, you okay. get more and more, and it gets bigger and bigger, which I think is a smarter way to do it than just fucking, here you go, you know? Sure, sure. Uh, um, it, I guess in terms of controlling the narrative, there's something to be said for, a, you know, a giant open playground. And <clears throat> Ubisoft has made a killing off of doing just that um so i i like that approach i like but i think that's just me being a narratively focused person or gamer whatever you want to call it
1: yeah, i mean i look you're gonna find this funny but i'm actually getting to a point where i'm tired of open world
0: i've been tired I'm of it for a long it. time
1: i know you have i know you have but even for me it's like i see all these new games being announced and i'm like oh my god, another infinite playground. Like I'm, I'm like, I can't, I can't. You can't ask me to just get lost in this. And all of you guys are doing a forest, and all of you guys are doing a mountain range, and it's like, at least if you're going to do that, the only game that even remotely appeals to me that does that is A, Starfield, and B, um, the one from the developers that offshoot, offshoot off of uh, Bethesda, the ones that they just came out oh, of. Oh, uh, Obsidian. Obsidian. No, not Obsidian. Thing. No? No, no, but there's another game that just came out where it's like you use cards to to vary the portals that send you from one. It's like almost like a Victorian steampunk game. I have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. Anyways, all this to say, I'm getting a little tired of that. And a game that did that open world little by little release very well. I remember it was, I don't know if you ever played a game called Red Faction Guerrilla. Uh, no, I, I played earlier ones, but not that one. Well, that one's the same idea. It's like they gave you a little bit at a time. Like they gave you a little bit, little bit, and then it would come out. You'd go a little further and they'd open up more and you could go back and the stakes would change if you went back. But, um, and I cannot find the t- the title of this thing. If I told you though, you would know like what's coming out. Anyways, anyways, doesn't matter. Is it already out? It'll eventually. I think it either just came out. The whole story of it is though, there's these portals. That you go through, and you you find cards that change what kind of enemy, what kind of topography, and what kind of elements are going to be through each portal. And it's almost not like an infinite, but a very large set of new challenges every time you set up the cards to find new things on the other side. It has the whole Fallout survival aspect of it. It, it has... Uh, is this a third-person shooter? First-person shooter.
0: Damn it, okay. I thought I figured out what it was, but I did
1: not. No, but, uh, and it's in my head, and it's right there, and so many people have been praising it lately. Anyways, there's only two open worlds that really interest me right now. Like, I am more interested right now in story-driven stuff, and a game that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's
0: uh, another samurai game coming out on PS5 uh, that's going to be like that, open world, I think. Uh, that looks really interesting. And if A Ghost of Tsushima 2 ever comes out, I will play that day one if i can
1: yeah but uh, other
0: than that I, i'm i'm exhausted uh, like i haven't gone back to death stranding uh i don't think i even have any other open world games um like installed or anything like that i'm just i'm so burnt out on it
1: well this might be a good time to slowly start wrapping it up because you do actually have an open world game coming up your way uh In the next weeks.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Maybe this is what you should be apologizing for, is that you promised uh, chaos and discontent last episode because I was going to have to play Ocarina of Time, but here we are talking about Halo Reach instead.
1: And I'm down to the last eight hours of gameplay on Ocarina of Time right now. I'm down to the last two temples, so as soon as those are done, we can start recording that episode because all I've got left is the Shadow Temple and the Desert Temple. And then... uh, and then I just got Ganondorf, and I'm ready to go, so uh, yeah. <laughs> Ask me how much
0: I've played so far.
1: <laughs> Doesn't matter, because you have to play it. Ask me how just, much like, I've I played so far. Zero hours, <laughs> I don't I don't need I don't need to know the answer. <laughs> just like, I'm going to have to play Prey after that as well. Oh my
0: god, you're not going to hate Prey.
1: I don't care. And I also I found a...
0: Well, actually, no. I'm, I'm not going to tell you what I found. Uh, you're not going to hate Prey. You're not going to hate Prey. You're going to be well, like, oh, I really like this game. I've already, I already convinced you that you're not going to hate Prey because you thought it was from somebody else. As soon as I told no, no, you no. it's from the guys that made Dishonored who were like, oh, I really like that game.
1: We'll see. I still, I, I've watched more videos. I still am so not interested in, in the, the design language. The, oh, my God. The area, like, I just, I just, there's this nothing. This is so forced.
0: It's so forced
1: not forced. it's so forced. I, if you it just you... seems like the same carbon copy bullshit that i've seen on so many other games anyways we will see Ugh. what happens when i play it i'll play it just like you're going to play Ocarina of Time but on a last note to Halo what is the thing that'll make what is the g- give me a last note of like something you'll remember about Reach for the rest of your life what's like a last sentiment you want to leave people with
0: if you want your heart broken Let's play,
1: play, play Halo, Halo Reach. Reach. <laughs> if you want to
0: get depressed by interactive media, play Halo Reach.
1: I don't. It's... Only only because you'll never play a game as good. That's what he means to say. I know.
0: I, I still think like there's games that are better or just as good. I don't know, man. It's it's how, how do you sum up your feelings like that? It's just shouldn't the last hour and a half be that it's it's the first time I think you can have a personal connection to your character in a Halo game because like you get to customize them it's a story it's it's a tragedy uh and I, I think it makes a good case for games as art maybe I don't know if that sounds uh, pretentious or forced or cliched, but I think if it makes you feel something, it's it's worth an experience, and more so than any of the other Halo games, where I would classify those as power fantasies. Halo Reach got real emotion out of me. Well done, man. Thank you for that. You Fuck go. you for that question.
1: your turn okay mr mr word poet here you go you no, you you're signing us off on this one because i agree with you it is this is a a first person shooter that's a piece of art
0: all right that's it that's it been a pleasure steven that's halo reach buddy
1: that's Halo Reach.
0: I can't wait we till did it! like...
1: We did it! Two months! Woo! <laughs> we got one!
0: And okay. I'll see you in, like, you know, 2026, 2027 when we play it again. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I will be done Ocarina of Time by mid-January, and we'll be recording by then.
0: No, no. I meant our next playthrough of Reach, because we seem to do it, like, every oh, three or four years. I'm not talking about the Ocarina of Time. If that's 2026, then this podcast is dead, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well... I love you. Always a pleasure. And Always a pleasure. Uh, oh, I guess we should, since we're so close to the holidays. Say uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, everybody. To the three Happy people holidays, that listen, we Christmas. appreciate you. And uh, bye. Bye, guys. Special thanks to Aaron Rastovic for the sweet beats. Fantastic. Great game. <laughs> was a Great game. One yeah, of the greats. Great.
1: <laughs> great game.